0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Lord, to you, Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, "Hail, full of grace; the Lord is with you." But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, just uh, one announcement uh, to start off with: uh, the Christmas carols uh, that were planned were postponed uh, due to high winds. Um, if you're interested in that, you can check back on the Facebook page on tomorrow, uh, and hopefully uh, we'll have some more information about that. Um. During Advent, it's traditional uh, to talk about the four last things, which uh, I heard that uh, was preached on the last few few Sundays, and so uh, that's, um, depending on if you remember, our uh, and I often don't. Uh, the four last things are death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Um, of course. Those aren't exactly the most exciting topics, right? Uh, during Advent, you don't exactly think about that. But Advent isn't Christmas yet, and so we're preparing ourselves for Christmas. And so that's kind of how we do that. Of course, heaven is a is a good one, right? That's a good one to talk about. Uh, we enjoy that one. Uh, hell isn't as much so, but I'd like to touch on that specifically today. Um, one specific acts, aspect of hell, um, because I, I don't think hell is... Is completely understood well we don't completely understand how that's partly true um but it also doesn't often make sense with our understanding of who god is right so during this advent season during christmas uh during easter we learn especially and we learn about this god who loves us so much that he's willing to become humble himself to die to himself to become a little baby to be able so that we know him And so that he might save us, right? So that we might be with him. He goes through all of this effort, all of this love to be with us. And then there's hell. We're like, wait, wait, that doesn't work. If God loves us, then everyone should make it to heaven. There should be no hell. And rightfully so, uh, that does make sense in kind of a simplistic understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's one fine point that I I think is missed in that logic sometimes where we look at it and we're like, that doesn't make sense. If God is all good, all loving, then there can't be a hell. The piece that we're missing, and I'd like to tease out a little bit more, is our understanding of free will. Free will is something that we all have and we all experience because we all make our own choices and we just assume that that's just What life is. But that's something so incredibly special that it affects everything that we do and everything that God does as well. Free will is the thing in here that I think unlocks and kind of helps us to understand hell not as a contradiction to the all-good, all-loving God, but is instead a consequence of this great gift that I don't think we completely appreciate of free will. Now, what is is uh is free will? Well, it's this ability to be able to choose good or bad, right? We may have an ability to be able to choose our own actions. Now there are certain actions that we can't choose, right? Such as gravity, uh being attached to the ground right now. I can't just freely choose to start floating, right? There are certain things that I can't freely choose, but the things that I can choose I do, and that I use my free will. Now, what that does to our actions is it transforms our actions from just being actions that are meaningless, that don't have any significance, to every single action where we use our free will to be uh, infinite, to be eternal to a certain degree, because we're using this action that is actually God-given. Now, Animals, uh, well, I guess one of the best examples is a robot. A robot doesn't have free will, right? They're just following a certain procedure. And when some, a robot does something right, we don't say, oh, good job, you're a good robot. Or if it does something bad, we don't blame the robot and say, wow, it must have been malicious, right? We might be angry at the robot because, or, or, or whatnot, or, or I get angry at technology all the time because it doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. But it's not the technology's fault, it's, it's just the program that's written. For us, that's not the case. For us, we have a choice in what we're able to do. And certainly we have certain things that are already in our baggage, but, but we have the free will to choose. Animals, similarly, have uh, a certain animal instincts. They have certain choices, but they don't have the same free will that we have. And you'll notice it kind of in your own experience as well. A dog that loves you or has affection for you is something real, right? But it's distinct and different from a human person who chooses to love or give affection. It's different because a a dog doesn't really know what it's doing. I mean, it sort of does, but but it doesn't have the free will that a human person has. Uh, it 's the same reason why you might get angry at a dog for certain actions, but you also realize that the dog isn 't malicious right it 's not being malicious against you now Cats, I think are malicious i 'm not exactly sure how that works, but but they seem to, to seem to have you know something special in that in that category. Human beings though have again this free will that makes our actions either so much better or so much worse, right? Malicious, good, loving. Love is only properly lived if it's free. Love cannot be forced, or else it's not love. It might be affection, it might be a false love, but it's not true love. And what God wants from us is true love. He wants a a love of him that's not forced, not robotic, not animal, but instead human. And because of that, he has to allow us to have free will. He cannot force us to love him or to be with him or else he destroys love itself. It destroys love itself if he took away from our free will. Now, now personally, when I look out at the world and I look at a lot of the problems that are out there, a lot of the problems out there are because of our free will. And in my simplistic, you know, kind of childish understanding, it would be a whole lot easier if God just took away our free will. The world would be a lot better in one sense. It would prevent less evil. Or it would, it would create less evil but there wouldn't be any love in the world. And God doesn't want just avoidance of evil. He wants love. He wants us to freely use our actions to love him and to love one another. We see in the gospel today the extreme nature in what got it to how far God humbles himself to give us free will, and to rely on us out of love to say yes to him. His entire plan for salvation today is placed in the hands of a young girl, Mary. He doesn't go to Mary and say, this is what you are doing. You know, this is already happening to you. Angel Gabriel, although it, it sounds kind of like he's telling her uh, what's going to happen, but it's all contingent on her free will of saying, yes, I trust you, God, I love you, God, and I will do as you ask. It's all contingent on her free will, her free will of love. And that's exactly what she says, right? At the end, even though in the midst of confusion, even in being told this, I don't think we fully understand the weight of this. She, could, she is conceiving without having relations with man, without being married to St. Joseph. So what happens? Well, St. Joseph, right, goes to divorce her, could have easily been stoned and killed for this, right? She's an outcast if this happens. And yet, she says, God, I trust you. I love you. And so may it be done unto me according to your word. And this act of love is the thing that transforms all of our lives here today. Because it's because of that free yes that Jesus entered into the world and helped save us. To save us all. So that we might also say yes with Mary uh, to this love. Now, how does that fit within hell? Well, hell is is this absence of god hell is is maintained in in one kind of logic and understanding of it is is not that god so much condemns people to hell but he instead allows them to choose it you say well why would you choose hell right i mean everybody's going to choose heaven because it's like disney world and you know it's great and and why would you choose to be in pain uh uh, separated from God? Well, as we look out in the world, sometimes we don't always make the best choices of ourselves, right? We sometimes choose what's actually bad for us, which is kind of crazy, but, but we do. Um, and within that, God values free will over even our comfort, even over uh, his own desire for us to be with him. And so if somebody doesn't want to be with God, rejects God in their life, in their actions, in their free will, God allows it to be so uh, after death. And that separation from him, although painful for God and, and painful for the other individual, is ultimately a respect of that free will that we have, that he gave to Mary, that he gave to each one of us, and that we have the freedom to use for love, or for bad, for ill. We all came here today to Mass. Uh, most of us came freely and willingly. I know there was a few people who were maybe uh, coerced a little bit more than others, you know, feel like as if they weren't a free action. Uh, but uh, many of the, the children here uh, could have made it harder to come than they did, right? So even if they didn't want to come, they still uh, didn't He still cooperated to a certain degree. And that's kind of like with God as well. God helps us along, and we can either cooperate or not. That's part of our free will. And so we we made the choice to at least cooperate, even if unwillingly, to be here. But once we're here, what's beautiful about the human experience and it all is that every single moment we have another choice to say yes. It's the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation of the mercy of God. And every single moment is a new moment to be able to use our will for good and for love. And so I ask us, just as we continue Mass, um, to use your free will now, to be able to choose to be in this moment, to worship God, to choose Him in love, even if you don't know exactly what that means, even if you don't know exactly, like, I don't don't know, what, what exactly? Those are big words. We don't exactly think or feel or act in an intellectual idea of free will. But... But choose, choose with your will to be here. Choose with your will to trust God. Choose with your will to receive him in all the gifts that he has for you. Um, I promise you, God does not want to violate your will. In fact, he won't violate your will. So if you close up from him, he, he can't, he's not going to break it down in the sense of, of violating. But, but if we just open up a little bit, if we open up our free will, if we say, God, I'm open, my will is open to you, he can do amazing things. And so let us, uh, this mass in every moment, right, uh, continue to be open to that great gift, we don't fully understand, of free will in our lives.